Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, as I am recording this, we are in the last few days of 2020. Most people are celebrating getting away from this year, but I'm guessing you probably are not, especially if this is the first time or two that you're going into a new year without your child. Every time a new year shows up, it brings a lot of emotions for many of us bereaved parents, especially if this is the first time the calendar is turned since your child died. It can feel horrible because it feels like we're leaving our child behind as we are moving forward. I wanted you to hear from a few other bereavers who have faced going into a new year without their child and know what that's like. Now you're going to hear from six of them and they have been anywhere from seven years to almost 30 years of having that calendar change and going into a new year without their child. Each one of them has gone on to start something bigger and beyond themselves as a result of their son or daughter's death as a way to honor his or her life. They'll each introduce themselves and they'll share what that thing is that they're now doing. I am pretty confident that you're going to hear at least one thing that will help you a little bit as you head into this new year. So let's listen to what these experienced bereavers have to share with you. Hi, this is Linda Findlay with International Grief Institute. Just wanted to offer you some tips as a newly bereaved parent heading into the new year. I wish I can give you a remote control that can get you from today to like January 2nd, but I can't, so we need to get through the next couple of weeks here. And then into the new year, I think it's important to realize that more than ever, you need to take care of yourself. You need to continue to take care of yourself, even if at times it may feel as though you're being selfish. It's just so important to put yourself first and so important to to lean into your grief because there's nothing you can do to stop it. You cannot stuff it in. And if you try, it's just going to show itself in other ways. So I would encourage you in the new year to continue to take care of yourself. My name is Michelle Paul, and I'm with Umbrella Ministries, which is a ministry for moms who have lost a child. And I just wanted to encourage you as we head into a new year, um, for those of you who are grieving the loss of your child, that for the next year, I just um, encourage you to make the choice to continue to heal, commit to healing, This has to be a choice that you make each day. Um, And the reason to to commit to healing is to make this loss in your child's life matter. We are actually completing our child's life with what we do with ours. So I would just encourage you to commit to heal. Hello, my name is Mitch Carmody uh, from Heartlight Studios. And for the holidays, I, I, I always suggest to have an escape plan. Uh, always ready. It should uh, be challenging emotionally. Uh, this year will be very different because of the pandemic, so maybe people won't even be doing much Christmas. So in that respect, it's, it's the other thing is creating a new ritual that surrounds your loved one uh, so that next year you'll plan and you'll do the same thing and give other family members and friends an idea that you're not 
you know, you're not letting this go. You're not getting over it. And you create a ritual that they can uh, partake in, that they can recognize as a ritual for the loss that you had incurred and, and, uh, and even anticipate it the, the following year and the years to come. So that's what I would say. Uh, God bless you going through this journey, through the holidays and through the pandemic and without having the hugs that we so desperately need. But we can always lean on our faith and, and lean on those that have been there before us. God bless. My name is Sarah Faith Nelson. I'm the author of Footsteps of Hope, a devotional for bereaved parents based on my journal writing after the death of my daughter. I like to start a new year meditating on these words from Psalm 90. This is from the Passion Translation. Help us to remember that our days are numbered and help us to interpret our lives correctly. O Lord God, let your sweet beauty rest upon us and give us favor. Work with us, and then our works will endure and give us success in all we do. One of the things I've struggled with since my daughter's heaven going is wondering how can I live in a way that brings honor to my daughter's life and memory. Like Laura and Dave, I've turned my attention to helping other grieving parents find hope again. But it's not like you need to do some big thing. Especially if you're new to grief, this may be something that you begin to think about down the road a ways of what you can do to help others. But no matter where we are in our grief journey, we should be aware of whatever we can do to make someone's day brighter or lighten someone's burden. Live every day with that motivation. Here, as we begin a new year, let's set our eyes on making each day count. Doing for others will make a difference in our own grief. Hi, I'm B.J. Jensen, better known as Jody and Jay's mom. Jody died when she was still a baby in the womb, and Jay died by suicide when he was an adult. Going into a new year with the excruciating pain after the loss of a child, you think things will never get better. But I say hold on to the love and know that that intensity of pain will soften. Hello, my name is Glenn Lord from the Grief Toolbox and from SADOD. For those of us who are bereaved, I think it's important to recognize that New Year's Day is not just a day. The calendar changes. It will no longer be 2020, it will be 2021. And that's important because it is another year in which our loved ones will not start that year with us. It is a year that our loved ones will not see. And it's important for us to be compassionate with ourselves and to remember that this can have a larger effect than just a single day does. I would also like to share with you some New Year's resolutions for the bereaved. These were written by my wife, Tanya Lord, and you can find them on the Grief Toolbox, but I'm going to go ahead and read them to you because I think they're important. This year, I resolved to not put a time limit on my grief. Loving someone means loving them for my lifetime, whether they are physically present or not. This year, I resolved to tell their stories, the happy and the sad, they will live on through me. This year, I resolve to encourage others to share memories. 
This year, I resolve to teach others that they cannot make me cry. Tears are only an external expression of how I am feeling all of the time. This year, I resolve to understand that crying or otherwise expressing my pain is healthy and normal. Doing well means expressing my feelings. This year, I resolve to understand that others will not understand my pain, and it isn't fair to expect them to do anything but listen. This year, I resolve to recognize that asking for help from those that love me is really a gift that I give to them. This year, I resolve to help others reach out to others in pain. That will help me heal. This year, I resolve to do something nice for myself every day. This year, I resolve to know that if today I cannot do anything that needs to be done, tomorrow is another chance to get it done. This year, I resolve to cry when I need to, laugh when I can, and not to feel guilty about either one. This year, I resolve to let go bit by bit of the guilt, the regret, the anger, because I know holding on to these emotions can be damaging. This year, I resolve to take a risk and let others into my life and heart. This year, I resolve to take care of my physical, emotional, and spiritual health. This year, I resolve to invest in life a little bit each and every day. I wish you a peaceful and joyous new year. That was so good. I want to say thank you to these six friends of mine who were willing to share their thoughts with you. And now I'm going to take a few minutes and add just a few of my own thoughts. First of all, I know that time can be terrifying to us now because time means we're getting further away from our child. In the beginning, I used to dread the day that my daughter would be gone for five years, 10 years. I just, I couldn't imagine it. It would almost send me into a panic attack, take my breath away, make me cry. And I know some of you heard me say this before. But the thing is, God showed me a different perspective. He showed me a different way to look at it. Because as time goes by, it also means that we're getting closer to seeing our child again. And that can get me excited. It's like a pendulum of time. We can either swing to being so upset that we feel like we're going into a new year and we're getting further and further away from our child, or we can let that pendulum swing to the other side and be excited that we're turning the calendar, which means we're one year closer to seeing and being with our child again. And of course, a pendulum can go either way and it can sit in the middle, right? The thing is, it's all in our perspective. There is a saying that I know you've heard, most of us hear the saying all of our lives, that time heals all wounds. And I don't believe that. I think especially that's impossible when it comes to the death of our child. But I do believe that what we do with our time makes a big difference in how long we stay in that place of suffocating darkness. Like Sarah talked about, and like the others talked about, connecting with bereaved parents, taking care of yourself, realizing that you still have a purpose for your life, and fighting to discover what that is, those are all things that you can do with your time that will help you in this next year. So time doesn't have to be our enemy. Time can also be our friend in one sense. It's all a matter of how you look at it and how you perceive it. 
This may be the first time you've heard the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. If it is, I hope you subscribe so that you will, whatever platform you're listening on, whatever app you're on, that you will subscribe so that you won't miss any of the podcasts that come out as we go along. We usually send one out every Tuesday. And that you'll also go back through the archives and take a look at some of the other episodes that might really be a help to you. If you have been with us for quite a while, I would like to ask a favor of you, please. If you would go to wherever you listen to this podcast and give it a rating and maybe take 60 seconds or so and write a review on the podcast, because that helps bring it up to the top when other grieving parents are looking for something, and it lets them know that there are other parents who are being helped by what they hear. I also want to remind you that this week you can get in on one of the Rebuilding Your Life After Child Loss courses for only $10 or $15, depending on which course you are doing. They're based on my award-winning book, When Tragedy Strikes, and they are a great tool to help you on this journey. One course is called How Do I Even Start to Rebuild My Life? Another course is called Working Through the Darkness, and the other one is called Looking Toward My Future. You can take one course, you can take all three, it doesn't matter what order they're in, they all stand alone. It's just based on what you need where you are in this grief journey. Just go to gpshope.org slash WTS course to find out more information, find out what the sessions are in each course, and how to enroll as a student. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Let's go ahead and move on to our birthday segment. Each week, I am honored to announce our children who've had a birthday within the week. And this week, we only have one to announce. Melanie Bach was born on December 30th and is forever 46. We know how important it is to still celebrate the day our children came into this world, and we celebrate with Melanie's family. If you would like to have your son or daughter added to the birthday segment, it's very easy. Just go to gpshope.org birthdays. Just submit the information, and I would be honored to announce your child's birthday as well. Each of us has a set number of days here on this earth, and then we move on to the glorious side of eternity. Our child's time here was way too short as far as we're concerned and we were supposed to go first but the fact remains that our child has now moved on to his or her permanent home and they are more alive and full of life than we are i have a question for you what value are you going to place on the life of your child in this coming year because that's where the mind shift happens life or death Are you going to stay focused on the fact that your child died or that your child lived? Now, if you're in the early part of grief, I'm talking about those first couple of years especially, it just consumes you. You can't help but focus on the fact that my child isn't here anymore. That's part of of this whole thing that we go through in the darkness that we feel like we're never going to find our way out of. But you will get to the point where you're going to be able to start seeing glimmers of hope and you're going to be able to start making choices. The thing is, for me, I refused to let death cause more death. And I'm talking about 
my own death. I feel like I died when Becca did, but I decided I'm not going to give the enemy that kind of a victory because Jesus lives. I can live too because I have the seed of hope in me. I have light in me. I have everything that he is, is in me. And that means that it's possible to move forward and not be caught in this place of suffocating darkness for the rest of my time here on earth. I have allowed God to make good on his promises in my life to give strength to the weary and to give hope to the hopeless. And I'm allowing that hope to continue to grow as it even becomes a joy that reaches beyond death. Both my child's and, like I said, mine, feeling like I died when she died. I hope and pray in this new year that you decide to make that same choice. Before I close, I want to encourage you to ask God to give you a specific word for this year or a scripture verse. I have done this for about 20, 25 years maybe, and I didn't stop when Becca died. A word or a verse that represents what he wants to work into your life through this grief journey in this coming year. Now, my year, I usually have a scripture verse the last couple years. It's been a word. And this past year in 2020, my word was joy. I wanted and I needed the fullness of his joy back in my life again. And I can honestly say that he's been doing that for me as I've pursued him to help me get joy back into my life. It is possible. And I just want to encourage you with that. So just ask God to give you that word or to give you a scripture that is something that you can hold on to for the next year and you can pray into and you can keep bringing to God and saying, God, I need this. Do this in my life. All you have to do is ask him and then keep your eyes and your ears open because something will come to you and you're just going to know that's it. And if you're not sure, it'll probably keep coming to you until it's like, okay, that's got to be it. I've heard it enough now. So I would love to hear from you in the comments below what that word is or what that verse is as God gives it to you. And as we head into this new year, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.